0: This podcast does not provide medical advice. Please listen to the complete disclosure at the end of the recording.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Everyone Guys the podcast. I'm Marianne Matzo.
0: And I'm Charlie Navarette.
1: So, please relax. Get yourself something good to eat or whatever it is that calms you. And thank you for spending the next hour with Charlie and me. In the first half, we have our recipe of the week, and Charlie's going to be joking around. In the second, I'm going to be talking about some of the basics of shopping for marijuana. And in our third half, we're going to be sharing an interview with Mike Patchin about what you need to know when you go shopping for marijuana. Spoil alert, it's not the 60s anymore. Hmm. So, Charlie, Mm -hmm. what's our recipe? Well,
0: our recipe this week is for, you guessed it, brownies. The brownie recipe has crispy (laughs) edges, fudgy middles, and rich chocolate flavor. These homemade brownies will disappear in no time. I know if they're warm and uh, ice cold ice cream. Of course, if it's ice cream, it would be ice cold. With, um, you know, warm brownies, uh, cold vanilla ice cream. I don't know why I keep saying it's cold. Of course, it's cold. Uh, With uh, vanilla ice cream. And mm 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 (laughs) <laughs> now, that being said, about adding things to, uh, to brownies, never add marijuana or other drugs to food without letting people know it's there. And remember that since it will be going through your digestive system, it can take an hour before you feel any effect. I, I read about this. This, of course, is not from personal experience. Um, always be safe right. when eating right. brownies. <laughs> a warning label: Be safe eating this brownie.
1: <laughs> Don't eat brownies and drive.
0: Yes, exactly. And in that, and it's not just because maybe they have pot in them, but you know what? You want to be focusing on driving and not eating.
1: Yeah, I'm guilty of that. Yes. So Mm -hmm. you're going to be presenting our ongoing segment, It's Always Funny When It Happens to Someone Else.
0: Yeah, let's see how funny this is. All right, here we go. (laughs) Two hitmen were walking deep into the forest in the middle of the night. One of them says, "Yeah, I got to admit, I'm I'm scared out here. The other replies, you're scared. I got to walk back alone. (sighs) I'm, I'm waiting for the laughter to die down. Okay. A woman it takes take a lover because that was
1: hilarious.
0: <laughs> so next, a woman takes a lover home during the day while her husband is at work. Her nine-year-old son comes home unexpectedly, sees them, and hides in the bedroom closet to watch. The woman's husband also comes home. She puts her lover in the closet, not realizing that the little boy is in there already. The little boy says, "Dark in here." The man says. Yes, it is. Boy, I have a baseball. That's nice. Want to buy it? No, thanks. My dad's outside. Okay, how much? $150. Sold. In the next few weeks, it happens again that the boy and the lover are in the closet together. Dark in here. Yes, it is. I have a Wilson infielder's glove. The lover, remembering the last time, asks the boy, How much? $350. Highway robbery. Sold. A few days later, the father says to the boy, Grab your glove. Let's go outside and have a game of catch. The boy says, I can't. I sold my ball and my glove. The father asks, How much did you sell them for? The boy says, $500. The father says, That's. Terrible to overcharge your friends like that. That is way more than those two things cost. I'm going to take you to church and make you confess your greed. So they go to the church, and the father makes a little boy sit in the confession booth with the priest to confess his sins, and he closes the door. The boy says, Dark in here. The priest says, Don't start that crap again here in my closet now. <laughs> Good, I made you chuckle. Uh,
1: yeah. No. <laughs> okay. Another Ken one? and
0: his wife Edna went to the state fair. They go every year, and every year Ken would say, "Edna, I love to ride in that helicopter." Well, Edna always replied, "I know, Ken, but that helicopter ride is fifty bucks, and fifty bucks is fifty bucks." One year, Ken and Edna went to the fair, and Ken said, "Edna." I'm, I'm 75 years old. If I don't ride that helicopter, I might never get another chance. To this, Edna replied, Ken, that helicopter ride is 50 bucks, and 50 bucks is 50 bucks. Well, the pilot overheard the couple and said, folks, I'll make you a deal. I'll take the both of you for a ride. If you can stay quiet for the entire ride and don't say a word, I won't charge you a penny but if you say just one word, it's $50. Ken and Edna agreed, and up they went. The pilot did all kinds of fancy maneuvers, but not a word was heard. He did his daredevil tricks over and over again, still not a word. But when they landed, the pilot turned to Ken and said, "My golly, I did everything I could to get you to yell out, but you didn't. I'm impressed. Ken replied, well, To tell you the truth, I almost said something when Edna fell out. But, you know, 50 bucks is 50 bucks. (laughs) (laughs) I like that one. (laughs) So, please go to our webpage. Thank you very much. Please go to our webpage for a link, uh, not only for the jokes, but for the rest of it. Do we have a link for the jokes, Marianne? Will they be on our uh, website? Forget what I just oh. said, folks. Just go uh, to the website for a link to our <laughs> recipe Mm-mm-mm. and additional resources for this program. We hope you will follow us on Facebook and Instagram and remember to rate and review this podcast. Because as a nonprofit organization, which we are, we are always appreciative of your donations. Please go to our webpage to donate in support of our work www.everyonedies.org. That's every, the number one, dies.org. Marianne, what's up?
1: Great. Thanks for that, Charlie. Mm -hmm. So we're going to be talking about um, shopping for marijuana. Now, marijuana is so normalized in America that it's Hardly even cool anymore. You know, celebrities like Martha Stewart talk about using it. Uh, Your grandmother may be taking her happy gummies and offering to share them with you. Um, But historically, in 1850, uh, marijuana was listed in the U.S. dispensary, which was the official um, list of recognized medicinal drugs. Mm -hmm. Um, It was legal. And commercial preparations were made available in drugstores. But laws have been progressively passed as time has gone on until marijuana ended up being criminalized in 1937. Um, Currently, there are 18 states plus the District of Columbia that have chosen to make it legal to buy and consume recreational marijuana, as well as 36 states plus D.C. that have approved medicinal marijuana. And we have an article on our webpage if you want to know what are the rules in your state. So marijuana and CBD has been and continues to be illegal under federal law since 1937. And this makes things a little bit hairy. Um, So in states where it's decriminalized, where it's legal, um, you can... You know, use it per the the state laws, but if you go on federal property, let's say you're a vet and you go to the to the VA hospital for treatment, um, and you have your marijuana or whatever with you, uh, like a VA hospital is federal land, federal property, federal rules, and so you're subject to the federal rules, rules which would make it um, a criminal act to have that on you. So you have to be aware of where you're going, what you're doing, and realize that if you're on any federal property, it is still illegal. So marijuana is derived from the hemp plant called cannabis sativa. It contains what's called delta-9 tetrahydrocannabinol, which you may have heard it said as THC. So THC is the primarily responsible for the mood-altering effects of marijuana. So, you know, like that feeling of getting high. That's the THC part of it. So, and it. so, marijuana is made up of three things, THC, CBN, and CBD. So, THC is that mood-altering part, cannabidiol, CBN, and cannabidiol, CBD, which primarily has anti-inflammatory effects. So CBN and CBD are what are called cannabinoids, and they attach to particular receptors. And the reason I'm telling you this is because when you go shopping for marijuana for symptom management, you're you're going to be hearing this and so you might as well hear it from me first and then if you have to hit replay and rewind you'll you can do that so that you can be like really super cool and informed when you go into the store. So CBN and CBD are cannabinoids that attach to receptors CB1 and CB2. That's all the there's just the two receptors we're going to talk about. CB1 are found in areas of the brain that are responsible for body movement, memory, and vomiting. CB2 receptors are found in the immune system, spleen, and lymph nodes. Now neither CBN or CBD have mood-altering effects, but they may have um, an ability to decrease um, Like disordered thinking or anxiety. So in a sense, it can change your mood, but not in the mood of getting high, not in the way of getting high. So it's important to know, because if you go into the store and they say, well, you know, how how much THC are you looking for? What kind of THC are you looking for? You might stand there like, you know, with a deer in the headlights and say, I don't know what the heck you're talking about. So that's why you need to know about these cannabinoids and what receptors they attach to, and what they do. So there are two forms of THC. So remember, THC is that mood-altering part of marijuana. The two forms are called indica and sativa. Indica makes you sleepy. Think of it as leaving you in the couch. Hmm. So that's how you can remember oh, excellent. indica. We go.
0: In the couch. Okay, where, um, s- where I often find change,
1: indica couch, yeah,
0: where I find change. Okay, go ahead.
1: <laughs> sativa it has a more energizing effect. It can help you feel more focused. Cannabis products can either can be either one or the other of these. So you can have pure kind of indica properties, pure kind of sativa properties. Most of the products out there, though, are a hybrid. And when they're saying hybrid, it's a mix of both indica and sativa properties. And you, they can even, I mean, it's gotten to be such a chemistry thing is that you can even say, I want this much indica, I want 80% indica and 20% sativa in um, whatever it is that you're gonna be taking and they can even give you that specifically. So, when you go to the store, you can buy cannabis in many delivery methods. You go in the store and there's like all this stuff and you're thinking, oh my God, I don't even know what to do with this. So, for example, there are tinctures and oils. So, the tinctures you can put just right under your tongue. You can put oils under your tongue. You can put them on your skin. There's vape pens so that you can vape the product in, into your lungs. There's... um flour that you can make foods out of its dried marijuana um, there's mouth sprays skin patches they make chocolate lollipop truffles, cookies, baked goods drinks, gummies lollipops, creams and lotions and there are even high strength concentrates like waxes and, and resins so the potency varies by strain and delivery method and it can be tough to know what your tolerance is going to be So before you use any cannabis-based medical treatment, you want to talk with your doctor, approach it with caution. Um, There's not a lot of scientific research, and even the little bit of scientific research there is is contradictory. So with any kind of medication, and think of your marijuana use as a drug, as a medication, the effects are going to vary by user, and you've got to kind of start low start slow and see how you feel now also um how long cannabis will take to be effective in your body will depend on the kind you've purchased and the delivery method so if you were to vape it or smoke it you know smoke a joint or put it in a pipe you're going to feel the effects within minutes um, products that you put under your tongue that's called sublingual, such as drops of a cannabis tincture or cannabis-infused strips, may start to work within maybe 15 minutes. And for edibles and capsules, it can take half hour to four hours. Topicals, lotions, balms, and oils may act quickly, while transdermal patches um, can take an hour or more to be effective. So, When you uh, take any marijuana product, what you don't want to do is have alcohol while you're waiting for it to take effect. Um, Don't be impatient thinking the edible's not working and eat more. Just don't do it. (laughs) Just don't do it. Because um, usually any kind of edible will be in a 10 um, microgram form. And some people can take 10 milligrams, micrograms, milligrams or micrograms, actually. Um, But some people can take the 10 and that's just the right amount for them. Some people need half of that and some people need a quarter of that and some people even less. So you want to start with a quarter of it and see how you feel and kind of just think of it as, you know, you're experimenting until you get the right amount. Um, But don't drink while you're waiting. Uh, Some of these products are really, really good taste. I mean, you're like, ooh, this is good, but you don't want to eat the whole brownie just because you like it, because in an hour, you will probably really regret that, Um, because you, you know, you can get too high, you can, um, sativa can have, for some people, can make them more anxious, so if you're really anxious, and you use sativa, it can make you more anxious, so if you just ate a whole brownie, and you're anxious, you're not going to feel very happy with yourself. For a while. So you're going to need to experiment with delivery methods and combinations until you find a product that works for your symptoms. Now, what are they used for? Um, Drabinol CBD has been found to help control chemotherapy-related nausea and vomiting. Uh, Symptoms of abdominal cramping and pain, diarrhea and weight loss associated with irritable and inflammatory bowel disease have responded well to marijuana. Man, marijuana works by activating the cannabinoid receptors resulting in decreasing the gastrointestinal activity, meaning how quickly things move through your bowels, secretion, and, and acid reflux. So, Also, marijuana has been found to reduce intraocular pressure associated with glaucoma, so they can, um, can help control glaucoma. Uh, the effects of chronic neuropathic pain it doesn't work for acute pain, so like if you chop off your finger making the brownies or something, it's not going to help with that so that, you know, it's a, di- it's a different mechanism. But for chronic neuropathic pain, it can be very, very helpful. It can re- uh, promote restful sleep. Um, it's helpful for people with tr- post-traumatic stress disorders by acting as a modulator of emotional responses. Um, decreasing the severity and the frequency of flashback memories to the point that they may even forget about them. Now, you don't take anything without it having a side effect. So, as for side effects, um, cannabis can potentially cause rapid heart rate, um, increase the cardiac output, meaning, you know, if your heart's beating faster, you're going to have more blood come, moving around. Uh, something called postural hypotension, you know, that feeling that you get if you change positions too quickly, like stand up too quickly Mm -hmm. or lay down too quickly. That's called postural hypotension. So it can cause that. Um, It can cause a drop in skin temperatures and it can uh, decrease short-term memory. Now, there are many aspects to managing symptoms with cannabis and it's not as though you can go to your primary health care practitioner who's going to order you exactly what you need to be taking yeah. and which delivery method to use. That's not going to happen because they don't know. They're not. It's not taught to them. Um, it's just... So they, they're, they're not going to do that for you. They're going to say, well, you'll have to go talk to the people at the dispensary. Well, the people at the dispensary, the place where you shop for marijuana, um, are, are pretty knowledgeable. They're very knowledgeable about... They're going to ask you questions just like when you go to your healthcare practitioner, and they're going to say, "Well, here are some choices for you." And you're going to say, "Well, I don't know which one. Like I said, you're going to have to experiment and try, you know, try one and um, see how that works for you, and then go back and try something different if it's not doing it for you. So um, we're going to be starting an ongoing segment to give you additional information on this specific topic, so um, stay tuned for—I um, don't know—we can call it Marijuana Minutes or something. That will give you <laughs> Mar- some ongoing information. <laughs> A minute in with ter- marijuana. Here
0: we are. <laughs> in terms
1: of, um,
2: sh-
1: I know if only that would be enough, right? Yeah. So. Um, you- We were lucky to have, to do an interview with somebody. So Charlie's going to interview, interview. no, he's not going to, but he's going to introduce our (laughs) guest.
0: (laughs) Everyone Dies had the pleasure of interviewing Mike Patchett, who is CEO at Mountain Made CBD, an intermediary distributor for cannabis products. He has 11 years experience in training dispensary staff regarding the sale of marijuana products. And here's his interview. Mike,
3: I'm so glad you're willing to talk with us today uh, about uh, cannabis and that, I mean, primarily I want to talk about cannabis, but I do know that you have a lot of background in the use of CBD. Um, When people come in to purchase uh, cannabis, what, in your experience, what kind of symptoms are they coming in to try to take care of?
4: yeah that's a great question to start out with and thank you so much for the opportunity to to be on the show today and to uh, have an outlet for for some of the knowledge that I have about cannabis and hemp Um, I would say if statistically you're you're looking at you know what are people utilizing cannabis for outside of what's called the recreational market and we can touch on that a little bit um, I would say pain management uh, is number one you know followed by sleep uh, management and then I would say number three which I don't think people are as forward with um, but hopefully you know it's continuing to open up a little bit I would say mental health uh, management is a large piece personally I think a lot of those people fall into what's called the recreational bucket um, but again I, I think if we open that conversation up a little bit you would actually see um, that the recreational usage is is actually more mental health management.
3: So when you say that the recreational use is mostly um, mental health management, is that in terms of wishing to escape or dull whatever feelings people are having? Can you tell me more about that?
4: Personally, I would say maybe a, a small fraction of it. Um, I think what a lot of folks don't understand about cannabis and their learning, and I think COVID, with the lockdowns and people being away from their office place and being able to use cannabis and not have to worry about the smell or the red eyes, uh, some of the small you know, pieces that are you know attributes of using cannabis, um, I think it's actually form, function, focus, um, in, in, in higher functioning, uh, especially from a, a focus uh, standpoint with cannabis. Um, and I think that the reduction of brain clutter, uh, reduction of some of the ADHD symptoms, uh, reduction of anxiety and depression feelings, and just managing yourself at a higher level uh, is where cannabis comes into play with mental illness. I More see. than escapism.
3: I see. So it's just to, it makes it easier to kind of make it through your day because you've got less chatter going on in your head. Is that?
4: Yeah, I think that cannabinoids are really proving themselves CBD as well and being able to reduce brain clutter, uh, increase peak capacity. You see, if you start to look into athletes using uh, cannabis and our mountain-made CBD brand is Uh, niched out for the activated lifestyle or athletic lifestyle, um, cannabis and hemp or cannabinoids are uh, pretty functional, uh, more so than I think folks give it credit for. Uh, I think the sort of cartoon that people have built in their head is, you know, you hit a joint, you sit in a couch, you drool a little bit, eat some Cheetos, maybe play some video games. Um, (laughs) But really when people dive into it, um, I think they're finding that it actually allows them to excel during the day um, more so than uh, than than ramp down. I, th- I think cannabis provides a ramp up opportunity uh, for folks uh, that takes a little bit of experimentation. Um, and, and again, we can lightly touch on that if you'd like. Uh, I just finished up an ounce of cannabis split between four strains and, and man, I'm, I'm ready to get into the next ounce because it was just a long couple of weeks. It was just not my preferred strains. Um, and it, and it, I wasn't as excelled as I normally like to be the past couple of weeks.
3: So, and part of what is going to make an impact in terms of how you feel are, when you're talking about the strains is you're talking about the mix or the ratio between indica and sativa is that what you're talking about
4: yeah so let's uh, do a quick kind of simple breakdown for the listeners i i personally always have a notebook in front of me so if anyone's taking notes during the podcast you could draw a square up top call that cannabis you could draw a square off to the left call that indica square off to the right call that sativa and a square right down the middle and call that hybrid this is a really easy way to start to break down cannabis it can be argued with people who want to peel the onion back 15, 20 layers because they have an extensive knowledge. That's just not the conversation we're going to have today. We could, but there's just no need for it. So under the indica box, you could you know write the word sleepy. Uh, under hybrid, you could write the word middle. And then under sativa, you could write the word cerebral. What happens is the THC... And the indica hybrid or sativa from a molecular standpoint is exactly the same. It's the same thing, THC. So why does an indica generally make you sleepy? You feel it in the body. You get a little hungry. Why does sativa add cerebral? It could be small paranoia. It could be really strong euphoria. It could be very clean and crisp is the terpenes. So if you write terpenes directly below that, Now you're on to something. Terpenes drive the bus. THC is the bus. The terpenes are behind the wheel driving the activity. Say there's approximately 120 terpenes in cannabis. Again, we can dive down a deeper rabbit hole. There's just no need to do that. When you start to look scientifically at what's referred to as an indica, a sativa, or a hybrid, you start to see similarities between indica strains and sativa strains, meaning that there's similar terpene profiles and heavier ratios of terpenes in indicas and in sativas. That becomes a way for people to start to generalize usage and use patterns with cannabis, meaning that if you have an actual real Jack hera, that's a name of a strain. Think of it like when you say, you know, Washington apple or green Chris Granny apple. They're both apples, but they taste a little bit different. You know, you'll cook with one for one recipe. You'll cook with the other for the other recipe, right?
3: Mm-hmm. So
4: cannabis is kind of like that apples where you're going to have different different types of an apple. So sativa Jack Hara is like saying Granny Smith apple. It's just a type of sativa cannabis for me and for a lot of people it provides a very crisp cerebral response low anxiety high drive nice solid creativity i can smoke a jack harris strain all day long you'd never be able to say oh mike is high i'm just very functional that's the ounce of cannabis i'm going back to next week after my experiments with some other strains of cannabis this past couple of weeks Mm -hmm. And it's just unbelievable, you know, on a weekend when I'm doing house projects, how into that job I get for an extended period of time. Uh, It's very medicinal for my brain and and functionality. So when people get on their cannabis journey, what they're going to find is they're going to start to experiment with strains. And they can keep a little journal and they can say, You know, I mean, think about it like in college, you would buy a bag of weed, you know, and and, and again, back then, it was really weed, not cannabis, because you just didn't know what you were getting. One time, you'd be like, oh, my gosh, I just don't even know why I smoke weed. I haven't done much this week. And then, you know, you'd go back to buy another bag of weed, and you'd, you know, be like, man, I had so much fun this weekend. I was just on point. I was right in my zone. What you were finding is you were probably getting different strains, and back then, you just didn't know it right, mm-hmm. because it was just someone in their house or out in the field growing, and then it got passed down along the the black market distribution lines, and they had blanket names, you know, dank, meaning good high-end weed, but no one really knew the strains. Mm-hmm. Now that we know more about the strains and we can cultivate them and measure them and consistently know that it is a Granny Smith apple, and you can provide attributes to that, it's green, it's sour, It's crunchier than this apple, and it happens consistently. Uh, The response also happens consistently with customers or patients that are using these different types of uh, marijuana or cannabis.
3: And so if a person is having symptoms, let's say you said the number one reason that people would go into buy cannabis is pain. Um, so they go into a dispensary and they say, I'm having this kind of pain. How then, um, do, do the distributor, do the people who are selling say, oh, all right, well, you need a little of this and you'll need a little of that. And here's the product that has it. How, uh, and then how is the person who's buying it know that any of that is true?
4: Yeah, that's a great question. So, you know, I think it's important to to reiterate that it's absolutely a lot of it's anecdotal at this point. Um, we're making a move with the CBD company right now to integrate terpenes. So currently our CBD company, we just sell CBD isolated crystalline CBD. You hear a lot about broad spectrum and full spectrum CBD products. We have not touched that yet because every time you buy a jar of broad-spectrum or full-spectrum oil to put into your products, those terpene profiles are different. There's no consistency. In cannabis, you can get a little more consistent product because the cultivation is on a smaller scale. Think hemp, you're running 10-acre fields. Those are going on the semi-trucks, going into massive industrial applications where they're extracting it. In cannabis, it's going into 10-pound bags and then to an extractor, so you can actually monitor your strains a little bit. Mm-hmm. What a bud tender in a dispensary would start to guide you on, hopefully, and this is how I would coach my teams in dispensaries, is starting with general open-ended questions and acknowledging that a lot of this is anecdotal. The reason I talked about the specific terpenes that Mountain Mate is going to begin to put into Our products is there's a um, several different companies doing this but we're working with one company in particular in Israel and Israel is allowed to study cannabinoids and terpenes through a few thousand different patient studies and then they they, they do issue clinical data on this they're Mm -hmm. showing that the terpene profile that we're going to put in our sports cream has shown actual clinically recognized efficacy for pain management.
2: Mm. And
4: that terpene profile is replicated to within 5% accuracy every single time. So when we buy that jar of terpenes and put it into our sports cream, it will be replicated to within 5% accuracy every time, which is really good. Pharma gives themselves twenty percent on a lot of the meds that they push out, depending on what that schedule is. Granted, mm-hmm. schedule two, schedule three, narcotics have a tighter variance than you know a, a cold medication or you know a, a Claritin. But mm-hmm. putting that to the side, so when you go into a dispensary, you are on a general anecdotal based journey. A lot of the times, a good bud tender is going to ask you what the root cause of your pain is. Pain is hard to manage because there's a lot of different root causes. So, for instance, mm-hmm. I woke up this morning with a sore neck. I have a sore neck because, A, I work out Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and, B, I chose to have a couple of beers last night, sitting around, playing around on my phone. End of the night, the beers dehydrated me. The dehydrated muscle is sore. There's lactic acid built up, so now I have a headache. The best application for me is a topical with a little bit of transdermal to get some cannabinoids down into that muscle layer and muscle tissue, release some of that uh, lactic acid buildup and some of that inflammation, pain reduces. For some folks who might have deeper, more internal causes of pain, you're probably going to choose to either inhale cannabis or eat and orally consume cannabis and really get it deep down into the blood layer for, so it's a little more systemic.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: And and from there, your, your, your general cannabis journey, you're going to find what time of day is best for you to eat the cannabis. You're going to probably find that taking smaller doses throughout the day allows you to saturate your body and reduce the overall psychoactive effect, right? Because a lot of people can't be at work too psychoactive. Um, and then you're also going to find what delivery system works best for you. For some folks, a tablet might be best. For some folks, a vape pen inhalation might be best. For some folks, a brownie or a connection to a complex carbohydrate might be best. For some folks, they might like the gummy. The gummy is a quick sugar. It's, it, you're not going to get as much first pass through the liver metabolism. Mm-hmm. So through that small journey, You know, if you have 10 pain patients, you're going to have patient one say vape pen works best for me, and I like a hybrid vape pen. Patient two is going to say, I have more severe pain than I thought, so I eat small bits of brownies throughout the day, and it releases slowly through my liver. I never get too psychoactive, um, but it it really reduces that pain. Patient three is going to say, I have to retain as much functionality as I can, so I only use a, a gummy at night. It allows me to sleep, and I go back to work. It's really interesting to start to watch people and their specific ailments from specific root causes latch into a very specified regimen. The the patient who is using vape pen may not respond the same to that brownie as they do the vape pen. The gummy patient probably isn't going to enjoy the brownie as much as they do the gummy, and that's where the complexities start to set in. The whys we don't exactly know yet, and that's where folks like yourself and other medical professionals are needed to step in because when you take it to a science aspect, man, there's a million and a half questions that still need asked and answers to. Mm
3: -hmm. What we
4: find on the dispensary end is if we can lock you into a general accomplishment and you stay with that general accomplishment, you'll probably do pretty well. Um, But in those two or three minutes I just spoke there, that was a lot, right? (laughs) Yes. So, so, it, so it, it, you, you know, that, that's, that's the complexity of starting a cannabis journey. It gets simpler once you're in the mix.
3: So when you're talking about those small doses during the day, is that what people refer to as microdosing?
4: Yes, yeah. And if you listen to me talk about CBD, I don't believe in small doses for CBD at all. I believe in heavy doses. Here's why. CBD is really for all, and again, all intents and purposes, non-psychoactive. We can dive down a rabbit hole. There is some small psychoactive euphoricness to CBD. Let's take that off the table. When we think about psychoactive, we think about THC and getting high. For the people that use the mountain-made CBD, we say crank that dose up because a lot of the work or what we think CBD is doing is anti-inflammatory, it's crossing the blood-brain barrier, it's reducing brain fog, all good things. THC is an analgesic, so it can be pain-fighting, but THC also is psychotropic or psychoactive, meaning it's going to get you high. A lot of people's pain management has to include THC because the root cause, whatever that is, need some THC introduced to become an analgesic, and a lot of times CBD standalone just won't work. Mm-hmm. The, the, the issue becomes is I need the THC to manage my pain, but you, it's really difficult to turn down the psychotropic properties of THC.
3: Mm-hmm. So that's
4: why a lot of times you'll be coached to take small amounts of THC throughout the day rather, in, so microdose call it 2.5 milligrams. Rather than taking 10 milligrams in the morning and having pain management but also having a, a bigger spike of, of highness or psychotropic, taking two and a half milligrams spaced out three or four hours to get the ten milligrams in your body allows you to manage the pain but lower the possibility of a severe high or, or you know an unfunctional high
3: mm-hmm.
4: so Again, that even becomes complex because you'll hear people say, you know, uh, micro doses don't really work. Well, they can. A lot of people are just going to need to do multiple micros throughout the day. And the reason most of the time is a reduction in psychotropic behavior, but still a load up of that, that API, that active pharmaceutical ingredient, that THC, you're loading the body up. You're just reducing the probability of too much to become unfunctional
3: I've also um, heard in relation to um, hybrid products that um, if you take a hybrid product in the morning it your body you know knows what time of day it is you know with our inner clocks and we respond differently to a hybrid in the morning than we would to that same hybrid in the night, in the evening, because our biorhythm is different in the evening. Like we're, we're ramping down. We're getting ready to go to sleep. We're in the morning, we're getting ready to meet the day. Do you agree with that statement that, that that's what happens?
4: You know, my knee jerk reaction is to become interested in that statement um, it would the, the the statement would be a little new to me. I've also heard people say that, you know, let's say you have a cancer tumor in your body, and you eat a thousand milligrams of cannabis, which is a lot, right? In Colorado, the the dosing is in ten milligrams, so you're talking, you know, a, a factor of ten x. I'm sorry, a hundred x on that. And they're mm-hmm. saying the theory is, is that the THC would go to the tumor and not your brain. So you, you would feel less psychoactive than someone who ate a thousand milligrams of cannabis without a tumor because the THC would be directed to the tumor. I haven't seen any scientific evidence of that, but I will say that the body's endocannabinoid system has been in the body for millennia. It's very tied into um, homogeneity or balancing in the body. And then you're also seeing some interesting scientific evidence where manufacturers of light bulbs and lighting systems in your homes are starting to roll out systems where the lights turn on in the morning and there's a certain amount of blue light. And then that Mm -hmm. decreases in the evenings because just that blue wave spectrum internally is telling your body, wake up, go to sleep. So I wouldn't be surprised to start to see more scientific evidence of what you're saying emerge because we're starting to see, I mean, light is a molecule, right? It's an energy wavelength, not not as much a molecule, an energy wavelength. So if just that blue energy wavelength can send a signal to your body, wake up, start to relax, go to bed, I wouldn't be surprised that a cannabis molecule could also interact in your body in a similar way. It wouldn't surprise me. So my knee-jerk reaction wouldn't say, no, that's junk science, like you see a lot in CBD. My knee-jerk reaction would be, wouldn't be surprised. How do you deploy that for people? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's some of the extremely interesting stuff that we're just really on the verge of uh, with this exploration of of cannabis uh, and hemp being that we're finally, you know, able to really start to openly speak on it.
3: So when I talk with my patients about um, using cannabis, they'll they'll say, "Well, you know, isn't that a gateway drug to, you know, harder drugs?" You know, because you know we hear our politicians say that. Um, what's your response to that?
4: Yeah, do you want me to speak very openly on that? Absolutely. Sure. So uh, this summer, I'm five years, no hard drugs. I'm not afraid to say that. Uh, I struggled a bit, especially in college, uh, with addiction from pharmaceuticals to street drugs to recreational. Um, what, you know, I could go two, three, four weeks without any drugs. What always uh, was the same pattern for me was alcohol. Two, three beers in, you start to say to heck with everything. And next thing you know, you're popping a pill or doing a party drug. Alcohol, for me, would reduce, um, y- y- you know, my overall consciousness on what I want out of life, and mm-hmm. that would be the gateway that would open up, and then I would find myself spending an extra $20, 40 60 $80 bucks on party drugs. I'd wake up the next day and say never again. I finally got to a point in my life where I actually said never again, and now it's been five years, uh, which I'm super stoked on. Mm-hmm. I don't Congratulations. See marijuana a, yeah, thank you. I don't see marijuana as a hard drug. Um, I now, you know, am able to manage my alcohol intake uh, and just am am way better off uh, in life as a whole. I've never smoked a joint and sat there on the couch and said, where's the party drugs at? You know, it's just literally never, and that's not even in defense of marijuana. That's just being super honest and transparent. Um, I would completely disagree with that. I don't understand any scientific basis or rationale. Um, for people who utilize cannabis or hemp and then have a hankering to jump on any type of, you know, heavy pharmaceutical that they bought off the street or heavy party drug that they're going to ingest or put up their nose. I've never seen it, and I've been around a good amount of recreational, pharmaceutical, and party drug abuse. I've I've never seen it. I've always seen alcohol at those events, always, Mm, 100%. mm -hmm that variable never changes there's always alcohol around recreational party and pharmaceutical drug abuse always
3: well and you know I'll be talking to you know 70 80 year old and I'll say well look you know if if you if you haven't become addicted to (laughs) drugs by now you know the use of cannabis to manage your nausea is not gonna you know put you out on the street and they kind of laugh at me, but you know, because they realize, yeah, you know, if if they were going to do it, they would have done it at some point, but they will still, I will still hear that from people because like I said, they hear politicians in particular saying, Oh, if you legalize marijuana, it's just the gateway to the next thing. And so it's good to be able for our listeners to say, well, is that really, you know, is, is that, is that politics or is that really, really true?
4: Yeah, um, I, you know, and I know that you 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 keep these to like a thirty minutes, but let me just kind of round that out for your listeners. The elderly patients, when I was in the medical dispensaries, were my absolute favorite to deal with. The majority of them walked into the dispensaries with. Their kids, and when I say kids, you know, at that point, their children are 40, 50, 60 years old themselves. <laughs> and the first thing they would almost always say, and I just loved hearing it, was, I do not want to be here. And I would laugh, and I would tease them, and I'd say, I don't want to be here either. You know, this is my nine-to-five because they're ready to go home yet. Lighten up the mood. Mm-hmm. What we would coach them on is take the gummy, the brownie home, cut it into ultra-small pieces, two-and-a-half milligrams, and I would – Rarely promise things, but I would promise them this that if they took that little tiny two and a half milligrams in the evening, about an hour before they went to bed, the probability of them getting too high to deal with that two and a half milligrams was so astronomically small that I thought it was a good idea for them to at least try it for seven days. And Mm -hmm. if you don't like it after seven days, just stop. It's not for you because cannabis and hemp is not for everyone. The majority of the time, those people would come back after seven days and go, you were right. That two and a half milligrams did not get me into this space cadet mindset. I didn't put on my tie dye. I didn't start looking at the Grateful <laughs> Dead. I've now built a trust bridge. How can you continue to try and help me? And mm-hmm. that was always our start of that journey. So I think for anyone listening or dealing with an elder, elderly parent or you know, guardian or whomever, loved one, who that's the best place to start build an initial trust bridge, and go from there.
3: So um, they're not going to turn into a stoner and... Um, <laughs> no,
4: ma'am. <laughs> and this is having... coming from a guy with long hair and tattoos and a whole <laughs> night. I'm functional. I work out four or five days a week. I do all my own home remodels. I own two small businesses. I work around the clock. You know, I, I air quotes, look the part But if you just were a fly on the wall and and watch my day-to-day, you'd be like, dang, you work like the the folks did in the 1930s, 40s, and 50s, and I do. I was brought up to do that, and I work my tail off every day, and I love it. And I Mm -hmm. use cannabis throughout the day religiously and have for decades.
3: So what about the people who, you know, want to have – a bit of a high, want to feel like they've had a glass or two of wine. And they say, well, you know, I've tried different things, but I never, I never feel high. I never get any effect from the use. What, What's the answer to that?
4: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and so I'll answer it and I'm, I'm not picking on you here. Um, I think it's a great question, but I also think it's important that Um, the buzz you get from alcohol is not replicatable to the buzz you get from cannabis. They are really two different things. I understand the question that's being asked. Um, and again, you know, at this point, you know, I had a couple beers last night on a Thursday. I have, you know, maybe two, three days a week where I'll have, you know, social beers. I don't have a beer every night. I do use cannabis every single night. So cannabis has become my Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, most of the time Thursday because I usually don't have beers on Thursday. In the summer, I get a little more relaxed with it because it's sunny out and you sit outside a little longer. So I have replaced that habit of having beers every night to relax with using cannabis. But, Mm -hmm. you know, for people looking to replace a buzz one-to-one from that glass of wine, probably not going to happen. So they have to kind of learn to enjoy the buzz that cannabis gives them If they're using it for, you know, and again, is it really recreational or medicinal? That's probably another episode to keep this in 30 minutes. Um, (laughs) I would say for those people, play around with delivery systems a little bit. You know, uh, 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 a response from a vape pen is different than a response from smoking a joint. The response from eating a brownie is different than the response from eating a gummy. The response from eating a brownie is significantly different than a response from a vape pen. And the response from taking a dab or smoking hash concentrate is significantly different than all of the above. So they may have to play around with the delivery system. Also, a lot of times what you'll find when we go back to our discussion about Indica Hybrid and Sativa, some of the terpenes in Sativa give you such a clean and crisp response or high that a lot of advocates who use cannabis quite a bit don't even use sativas because they're like, I don't feel anything. Those are my favorite sativas to smoke personally because the cannabinoids are still in my body providing homeostasis, reducing brain clutter, giving me clarity of thought, but you don't air quotes feel paranoia or hunger sedation. When I find those sativas, I tend to buy quite a bit of them and use them for several weeks in a row and then pause on them so I don't overuse them. Mm -hmm. So they, they could even potentially be using a sativa whose terpenes are directing the THC to give you such a clean, crystal clear response that they're technically high. They just don't really feel it. So maybe even changing strains to get that desired effect that has that punch that they're really looking for Um, And then coupling it with a delivery system that allows their body to respond.
3: And so I guess the, the, the message for our listeners is that if you're, if you walk into a dispensary, don't expect them to say, to listen and then be like, you know, the wizard who pulls out, you know, here's the perfect thing. It, It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way with pharmaceuticals either. You know, like we have, you know, level one, level two, level three. Well, let's start with what we have the most evidence for and see how that works for you. And if it works for you, that's perfect. We hit it the first time. But we might, you know, have to escalate dose. We might have to, you know, hit to the highest dose that we can and then move you to um, a second line treatment. And I should say, well, are you experimenting with me? It's like, no, I'm not experimenting with you. But you don't have a barcode on your wrist that tells me, here's the perfect thing that this person is going to respond to. All we can do is kind of go through the list. And it sounds like that in terms of um, medicinal marijuana, medicinal cannabis, or even the use of CBD, is that you're going to have to go in and say, well, let me try this and see if it works for me. And if it doesn't, you know, I'll try the next thing or I'll try the next thing. And you'll get to a point where you say, this is the one. Does that
4: yeah? Kind of that's sound super accurate? Yeah, super accurate. And I think you'll see that if you come to Colorado. The staff and the dispensaries are very well-trained, well-spoken. Um, and if you ever do find a wizard with a long beard and a staff <laughs> that says they're going to fix your problems, run because they're selling snake oil, That's my biggest um, argument against CBD and why I call it a snake oil so much is these brands popping up are trying to make a quick buck. They're not there for you. They really don't understand what they're saying. I mean, go to a brand that sells tincture and look at the pictures. I mean, Google how to take a tincture online, and you'll see people with their mouths wide open, the dropper hovering an inch or two above their mouth. They're dropping it into their mouth. A tincture is meant to go under the tongue. That's why it's called sublingual, not Mm -hmm. mouth, not mouth, Mm -hmm. right? So just Mm -hmm. that in itself, the pictures these CBD brands are using of these good-looking people dropping these droppers of oil in their mouth is so inaccurate that they should just shut down and go home because they're selling snake oil. It's completely inaccurate. So, yes, the, the cannabis wizard's. The people on LinkedIn with CEO this and CEO that in their titles a lot of times just really don't have clarity of thought on the subject matter. Um, people who've even been doing this for a week or two in the dispensary level understand the seriousness of it because they've probably helped people with serious to mild to moderate issues. And when cannabis works for someone, they understand the rate of efficacy is so strong in that customer or patient that it really opens their eyes and they go, wow, I'm actually doing something special here because when it works, it works. Mm
3: -hmm.
4: I don't want to mislead people because if you're in pain, you'll stand on one foot, rub your belly, and pat your head in boiling water if someone tells you that's going to reduce your pain because pain is so difficult to live with. that I think people behind the counter in an actual cannabis dispensary, not just selling stuff online disconnected from their customer base, understand the value of cannabis cannabinoids hemp and know that they need to watch what they say and not prompt, you know, a, a, a placebo effect in their customer. Mm-hmm.
3: Well, uh, Mike, I am just so thrilled to get your insights. and I don't know. We might have to meet again and, and, and talk some more, but um, we've been talking with Mike Patchen who um is CEO at Mountain Made uh C B D Products and we'll put those links um into our website so if you're interested in C B D products you can um check out Mountain Made. And um Mike, any final words before we sign off?
4: Uh just thank you so much for your time. I appreciate everyone listening. Um I get a little bit long winded on the cannabis and app <laughs> I've been doing it for eleven <laughs> years. I'm really passionate about it. And greatly appreciate everyone who's starting to consider the option of this therapy in their day-to-day. Wish them the best on their cannabis and hemp journey.
3: Well, Mike, thank you for joining us today on Everyone Dies. We appreciate you uh, being with us.
0: So that's it for this episode. Please stay tuned for the continuing adventures of Ta-ta-ta, Everyone Dies. And thank you for listening. This is Charlie Navarette.
1: And I'm Marianne Matzo, and we'll see you in all those old familiar places. Remember, every day is
2: a gift. This podcast does not provide medical advice. All discussion on this podcast, such as treatments, dosages, outcomes, charts, patient profiles, advice, messages, and any other discussion are for informational purposes only and are not a substitute for professional medical advice or treatment. Always seek the advice of your primary care practitioner or other qualified health providers with any questions that you may have regarding your health. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard from this podcast. If you think you may have a medical emergency, call your doctor or 911 immediately. Everyone Dies does not recommend or endorse any specific tests, practitioners, products, procedures, opinions, or other information that may be mentioned in this podcast. Reliance on any information provided in this podcast by persons appearing on this podcast at the invitation of everyone dies, or by other members is solely at your own risk.